would you please pray with me? Lord, we are grateful this ninth day of Christmas that we can gather together as your people, both in person and online, and remind ourselves that you're with us, you've given us your peace, and Lord, as we look at this, this text that we say every evening at evening prayer, I pray that we would see it with new eyes, warmed hearts, give us ears, and Lord, that we would walk away from here like Simeon, recognizing that our eyes have seen our salvation. For in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Please be seated. Well, with Christmas being a season and not merely a day to toss out the Christmas tree on the curb on the 26th, we continue to celebrate it. And for Christmas, uh, it's reminding us that God is indeed with us, and we carry this into this new year. And we turn to this reading in, in Luke that we just heard read, and we're going to focus today just on Simeon. There's lots that could be preached here. Because Simeon gives us some real wonderful application for our lives as we go into 2022. This song that Simeon sings is belovedly known as the Nunc Dimittis, which in Latin means, now I can depart. It's Simeon's song. And what we learn here is something we can carry on not only into the new year, but throughout the year. So I invite you to turn with me in your Bibles to Luke chapter 2. We're going to focus on verses 25 through 35. The first thing Simeon teaches us is that God has his people, no matter the circumstances, in dark ages and in light ages. Verse 25, now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. These were dark days for Israel. For about 150 years-ish, they had been conquered by the Roman army. Many of Israelites and Jews had long departed the faith at that time. But here's Simeon, and he's described as righteous and devout. It's not a righteousness of his own. He trusted in the Lord, but he was righteous in the sense that he followed Jesus. He followed the Lord. And therefore, he was devoted to him. And he walked in the covenant. He didn't allow the way other people lived to determine how he would live. He would live under the Lord, waiting for the Savior as the Holy Spirit had promised him. Too often, we allow the circumstances of our lives to determine our walks with the Lord. We let those around us affect us as if what we are going through is unique. He knows us. He loves us. He's with us. And we're not the only ones who feel this way. As small as the believing church may seem in our culture, the gates of hell will never prevail against it. True Christians in every age can remember this and take comfort in that reality because we often get like Elijah in 1 Kings who looked up at the Lord and said, Lord, I'm the only one left. The Lord answered him in 1 Kings 19, 18. He said, yet I will leave 7,000 in Israel, all the knees that have not bowed to Baal. 
I know there are times that we feel like we're in a minority, but friends, God is with us, all right? God can use us. He used this remnant in the early church to scatter the gospel all over the Roman Empire. Whenever the church is in a minority is when it can most bless the land. And by bless the land, I say word and deed ministry. And so therefore, there are more simians around us than we can see. And the church is the church no matter what's going on in the land. Secondly, authentic belief delivers us from fear. Notice what Simeon says in verse 29. Lord, now you're letting your servant depart in peace. Translated in contemporary English, I can die now. Peacefully. Thank you, God. Simeon speaks like a person who has no fear of the grave, and honestly, the world has lost its shine. He speaks as one who knows where he's going. He doesn't care how soon he's going to get there. Since such peace, like Simeon, can come to us when we understand that salvation is Christ Jesus plus nothing, and our souls rest on his atoning work upon the cross alone. And he holds the number of our days in our hands. So therefore, yeah, it's not only just a comfort as we go to our death, but it's comfort in the present right now. Confidently, we can live and we can do deed and word ministry like our Lord Jesus did because it's always the same. We do, yeah, acts of blessing, but we bring along with it word ministry. So no matter where we're at, God is at work, where we live, where we work, where we play, we can join him in that work. Asking coworkers, neighbors, friends, just, hey, tell me, about, tell me your story. Tell me about your family. What do you love to do? What's your favorite movie? What's your favorite style of music? What's your favorite musical group? Just get to know people. You know that. You can do that. We all can do that, right? And over time, you really get to know folks. You know, you start to find out what they believe. Well, you say that's good. What makes it good? What criteria do you use to determine? Whose car is that? <laughs> all right? You know? I hope that's an anchor person. Everybody check their, their fobs, please. All right? Huh? It's a silver car. Online people, don't worry about it. Anybody have here a silver car? <laughs> All right. Anyway, so what's good? What criteria did you, do you use to reach that conclusion that what you believe is good? Get into those types of conversations. And then after a while, you might be able to say to them, well, don't you think eventually you'd be getting around to reading the one book that sold more copies than any book in print history? Well, you'd think that if so many people have read it, it would have some useful things in it, right? Well, there's a section in that book, a particular book, that in the first 18 verses of, the ch of that book summarizes the entire book. Would that be something you'd be interested in? Just see where that takes you to people. Confidence, boldness, peace. The only answer to having such boldness and having such peace, as Simeon is demonstrating for us, even in the face of his death, is faith that rests on the finished work of Jesus Christ upon the cross. It's salvation 
that is experienced in the present and into the future through faith alone and Christ alone, holding on to it tightly. And it will enable us to look death in the face and say, I can depart in peace. The third point that Simeon teaches us, which is very helpful in 2022, is that this revelation of Jesus brings illumination and his glory is revealed as he does so. In the song, he says, For my eyes have seen your salvation that you prepared in the presence of all the peoples, a light for the revelation to the Gentiles, and for glory to your people Israel. Illumination, a light for revelation to the Gentiles. In our day, people who are totally ignorant of God, they don't know any better due to no fault of their own. That God can illumine and take the scales off their eyes and show them the love of, love of God in Jesus Christ. The good news that we know in church history is that like a beautiful sunrise to the Greek and Roman cultures, over the next 300 years, the gospel would spread powerfully, even to those barbarians in Europe. When they heard and they saw the love of God in Christ through the ministry of God's people, serving them, preaching, their minds and hearts were illuminated. And because of that illumination, God's glorified throughout their lives. And it stretches even for the glory of your people, Israel. And we know, as we spoke about in Advent, that all over the globe, as the Jews are scattered all over the world, many of them will have the veil removed from their eyes, and they will see their Savior, Jesus Christ. The veil will be removed from their eyes, their mind, the hearts, and they will all, with all the saints, see the glory of the Lord. That's what happens when Jesus is revealed. In this Christmas season, that's exactly what we focus on. That light is the life of men. Therefore, through deed and word ministry, the glory of the Lord, through opened eyes, ears, and softened hearts, the Lord did such a work then, and he can and will do such a work today as we follow him into the new year, as we walk with him. But then for the fourth point, Simeon gets real. And this is what we need to pause and reflect. Verse 34, we see the results of Jesus' coming. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed. And a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that the thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. Oh yes, Jesus brings great peace. We, we saw that in Simeon. Lord, now you're letting your servant depart in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation. We sing about peace on earth, goodwill toward men, earlier in chapter 2. But Jesus also brings division in the individual and in the culture. We hear it sung about, you know, in the Hallelujah Chorus, he's king of kings, lord of lords. Well, one doesn't come king of kings and lord of lords without picking a fight. You're thinking, well, wait, come on now. Well, of course he brings peace, but he also brings division, Right? Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed. 
the Christian faith always has some opposition. Jesus brings peace on earth, but he brings a sword that goes right through our hearts in order to bring the message of Christmas, the message of peace. Jesus brings peace on earth. Think about it. How did the Allies bring peace on June 6, 1944? They picked a fight. How does a surgeon bring peace to your body when it has a tumor in it? The surgeon has to cut us open in order to bring peace to our body. Jesus says in Matthew 10, Think not that I come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace but a sword. See, Jesus Christ brings both. To the individual, first, there's a falling and then a rising. Notice he says there's a falling first, then there's a rising. That when we come to faith in Christ, we humble ourselves. We recognize maybe what I believed so hard in the past isn't quite true. And I admit it. And then I repent. And repentance is, a, is an ongoing action that I change my mind. I follow him. It happens to the individual. And as we do that, it also divides people. The reason Jesus polarized people is not simply because he claimed these incredible things to be God, but he also because he had overwhelming attractiveness in his life. I've had some people at Jake's say, well, lots of people back then claimed to be God, to which I've commonly responded, well, not every one of those people had a major religion follow them. Matter of fact, none of them did. There's people who claim to be God today. What do we know about them? They're crazy, right? Right? And the only people back then as well today that follow such people are maladjusted, dysfunctional people. And people stop following them because they're crazy. Jesus, 2,000 years later, has a tremendous following. Why? Because his life is every bit as attractive, has every bit of moral beauty as the Bible says he did. There's no other explanation for it. And I've also heard people respond to this and say, yeah, but the Bible was written many, many years later after Jesus lived. It developed all over time. That's not true. <laughs> right? Scholars know, for example, that Mark was written within 30 years of Jesus' resurrection when thousands of people were still alive who actually knew him and saw him. So making it impossible to write on a piece of paper exaggerated and fabricated claims about him. People want to believe that because they do not want to deal with their divided heart. They don't want to fall, to rise. They want to believe Jesus was a nice guy. They want to be mildly religious. They don't want to have to believe they have to choose that he's Savior of the world and he's King of kings and Lord of lords. It's okay to sing it, but I don't want to live like that. Well, the reality is Jesus Christ is either King of kings and Lord of lords, or he's some kind of lunatic, or he's absolutely lying. We must pick one. 
But I want to remind us all, most don't pick one. They want to be able to have a mild sort of Christian kind of moral kind of religious life. Some others come along and say, yeah, but it was all his admirers that wrote those books you cite. Well, of course, that's my point. <laughs> what could have made a bunch of monotheistic Jews who would have been trained all their lives to believe God could never have become flesh to admire and worship him like they did? What could have done that? Jesus' life, his atoning death. So if Simeon is right, if Jesus came for the falling and the rising of many and to divide people with a sword, why is it most people are not either rising or falling? Well, you know, there's plenty of people around our land who hate Christianity and Jesus and, and all his claims, and that's one thing. At least they're consistent. And there are also people who have thrown everything overboard with every fiber of their being to follow him, to walk with him, to serve him, and to love him, and to make him central to every facet of their life. But most people are neither of those. Most people are moderately happy, moderately religious. They're just moderate. How do you account for that? The only way you can account for that is they really don't know who Jesus really is. Their Jesus is a fabrication. Their Jesus is an idol. There's no evidence for such a person at all. Not one shred of historical evidence of a moderate Jesus. Brothers and sisters, friends, is your Jesus Christ the one who says, I did not come to bring peace on earth but a sword? Is your Jesus this one who brings peace, but he also brings division? He's the one who makes people rise and fall and allows no one in between. So today, you either hate or despise him, or he's the supreme thing of your life. There's no such decision you make to make him moderate. He's king of kings and lord of lords. He's a lunatic or he's a liar. If you're not one or the other, then your Jesus is a myth. He's a fabrication. He's a fantasy. For as Simeon said, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed. It's not enough to have Jesus moderately. He causes division. He divides us as individuals, and he divides others. So let's bring this home. Notice that Simeon says, my eyes have seen. Have you seen? Because when you see Jesus, it's everything. It's a game changer. Bishop Ryle said, you know a person is a Christian when he's at peace with God and at war with their sin. We can be at peace with God by trusting in Jesus Christ alone for our salvation, recognizing what he's done for us on the cross, 
and simply taking that next step to know him, to grow in him, and to serve him. And that peace comes with a sting of that repentance. It stings, it, it costs, yes. But after that initial sting, there's great peace that comes. And then there's the sting of obedience. That means you're at war with your sin. You're at war, and it, it just grows over time. It just, just you, you don't get it overnight. It's just day by day, week by week, loving the Lord, loving our brothers and sisters, growing in the Lord, and serving Him where I am, week by week. So I want to encourage you as we walk through 2022. He's the one who took the ultimate sting for each and every one of us. This child who is presented at this stage of his, his development is the one who grew up, who said, I came not to bring peace, but a sword. But in so bringing a sword, he brings us great peace. Because of all he's done for us on the cross, let us rest on that reality. Because in resting that reality, we have peace personally, and we can be people of peace in our day. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you're the God who gives us peace. Even though that peace comes through a sword, recognizing maybe we're wrong. Maybe we haven't got you right, and we've made you a moderate Jesus. But you will not have that. And Lord, we come to you recognizing that it's through that sword you refine us. You make us clean. You divide us. And in dividing us, we can come to you as whole people. Lord, we thank you. You're the God that can tell us these things and assure us of these things. So therefore, Lord, you, we pray that you would help us to live this out this week through the name of Jesus. And we can't do it in our own strength. And we ask for a filling of the Holy Spirit in order to do that. Recognizing that we can strive to know you, to grow in you, and to serve you as people of peace. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.